0: And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys. With Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there. Yeah, we're Tonight, we are recording in Matthew chapter 5. The last time we were reading, we finished off with verse 37 in chapter 5. And if you remember, what we were talking about was letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Like following through on what you say you're going to do. I've actually been working on that lately. Have you? Yeah. Any examples? Uh, With one of my teammates. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. You want to share it or? No, that's fine. That's good. All right. Well, I remember I asked once, what virtue or character trait do you think is the most important one that like a president, the president of the United States could possess? Trey, do you remember what you said? That's all right. You said honesty. And that's one that I completely agree with. I can deal with a lot of things, but when we're not when we don't know the truth from our leadership, it's so devastating. It, you're not able to respond or have a true opinion or know what, even how to think about what to do next if you're not even sure if the people that have sworn to defend your rights or just lead you are not telling you the truth. But if I know that you're going to be honest with me about it, then we can approach it just like I would in my life with the Lord, where I have sin in my life and I have some sin that has me more entangled than other sin. But I do have honest conversations with my father about it. I try and be honest about it, which some might say, well, does it really matter? Like the Lord knows he knows, but it's different when you're honest with him about it. You know, like you just talk with him about it. And I just wanted to point that out that your yes being yes and your no being no is such an important thing. So Jesus continues in chapter 5 during his Sermon on the Mount. We are going to pick it up in verse 38. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. What's he talking about, Trey? When he says eye for an eye. Whatever you do, whatever offense that you do, then that's what should happen to you, right? So, if basically what Jesus is saying is that you've heard it said that if you kill somebody, then you should lose your life, right? You should be put to death. Like, that's just what you deserve if, you know, not defending yourself, but if you killed somebody because of how much you hated them, like, that would be the right thing to do would be for you to lose your life too. Like, why should you have the right to go on, continue living when you let your anger get to the point where you wanted to kill somebody in verse 39, Jesus continues says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, then turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. I wish I had more prepared here because uh, I just think these are these are hard, right? I mean, does that mean if Harper, do you think that means that if somebody's trying to punch you on the right cheek? that you should go like this and give them your left one too? Right. If somebody is trying to punch you in the face Maybe. on your right cheek, after they punch you in the face, should you offer them your left cheek as well to go ahead and punch? No. No. Most people might fight back. They might run. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think what we're looking at here, it goes back to what we talked about earlier in Matthew, is that Jesus is talking about a way of life that really only He could fulfill. Does that make sense? Because when Jesus was on the cross and He paid the entire penalty for sin, I mean, it's kind of unfair, right? The things that happened to Him should have been happening to us, or maybe even should have been happening to the people doing those things to Him, right? But Jesus didn't retaliate. When He went to the cross, he literally went obediently without fighting back we could dig deeper into this but again I don't I don't necessarily think it's like instructions for us on allowing people just to beat us up when they want to beat us up so in a sense I, I think this is a challenging verse and I think what we can take from it in 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 our strength, Is that when somebody wants to attack us, hurt us, insult us, we have to protect our heart from wanting to hate them. Does that make sense? I don't, it doesn't, I I don't believe we should be allowing ourselves to be abused, right? That would be abuse. I mean, think if in this case, think if the evil person was me and, and I wanted to, hurt one of you kids like physically and the bible says well if if dad wants to hurt me he's being evil and i should let him hurt me it's like that you see that's just not really like doesn't make a lot of sense but i do think that when you look at jesus like well what he did didn't make sense and and he was really i think giving an example that only he could follow here but that in our hearts we can have enemies we can have people who wrong us we can have people who even attack us physically and we can still reserve love for them. I think we can we can defend ourselves, or we can run, or we can protect our cause. However, we should still the Lord says that we should love our enemies. I wish I had more to unpack, but this this verse honestly, or this section of Matthew chapter five, I find it difficult. I just find it difficult to reconcile how you actually do this. Does anybody have any ideas? On how to do it? Okay. I don't either, so that makes five of us. All right, Jesus follows it up in verse 43. He says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? And then we get into that verse that we talked about when we first started this. Chapter 5, verse 48. And I think this gets into, this is the reason we have a hard time reconciling what Jesus is saying. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense to us from a fleshly point of view. But chapter 5, verse 48 says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And we've already beat this one into our brains. Harper, are we going to be as perfect as God? No. We're not going to be as perfect as God. Brock, was Jesus as perfect as God? Yes. Yes. He was as perfect as God. Jesus is really throughout this scripture talking about the kingdom of heaven, talking about how he fulfilled the law, talking about everything he did. He's really giving a blueprint of his life, of how he lived his life, of how perfect he was. And certainly it's a model for us, right? It is a model for us. But understand this, that we are forgiven of our sin. If somebody if I'm just gonna say it like this, if somebody punches me in the face, I'm gonna be mad. I'm gonna be mad at them. Love in my heart is not the first thing I'm gonna feel for them. Now you might say, you sound like you're struggling with a little bit of vengeance and anger in your flesh. And that would totally be true if somebody punched me in the face. Actually, it wouldn't even take somebody punching me in the face. It would take much less than that. The point is I do struggle with sometimes like wanting to get revenge. I, something, an injustice happened to me and I want it to happen to somebody else. But we also need to be able to count on our hands. How many injustices, do you know what an injustice is, Harper? It's like when you hurt someone, right? <laughs> how many injustices have we done to other people that we've not gotten what we deserve for those injustices,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And the only reason we're not going to get what we deserve from the Lord is because he lived, according to Matthew chapter 5, perfectly. And so we're hidden under his perfect work. In a sense, you could say this. Jesus, when he was struck on the cheek, turned his other one to give it to his enemies also, right? My life and my deeds are underneath the blood of Jesus. So in effect, he's transferred his righteousness unto me. And therefore... I have already fulfilled the part of scripture that says when your enemy tries to strike you on the right, you give him your left also. I've fulfilled that because Jesus took my life, put it on his shoulders, and he took his life and he put it on me, right? Now that's not a call for us to be angry people. That's not a call for us to be bitter people. You see, you already are those things. Whenever you're trying to get rid of a sin or a lifestyle or a behavior, all you're really doing is you're walking in the identity that Jesus has already given you. You see, you already are that thing. There's no reason for us to be like slaves to any kind of sin or to let it have dominion over our hearts because you see, Jesus took that. That's actually Jesus struggling with that on the cross. It's actually Jesus paying for it. And what he already has given us is all of his righteousness. So if he's given us that righteousness, we're not trying to walk in something That's foreign to us. We're not trying to walk into something that we have no idea how to do what he's telling us to do. No, he's actually, we already are that. We are that, right? That's why when the devil tries to attack you by throwing your past at you, right? You can attack back and remind him that I am the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, right? That scripture right there, be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect, is followed up later on in the New Testament when Paul says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you see, we've already he's already accomplished these things for us. This isn't a blueprint on how we have to live. It's a blueprint on how he lived and it would be good, obviously, as we go through our walk in this world, To walk triumphantly in those same steps. But if somebody hits me in the face, I'm going to be mad. Okay? Mm Does that make sense? Um, When you said the thing about the devil reminding you of your past, Mm -hmm. I thought of the time when you said that you would remind him of his future. Yeah. (sighs) I think that was a line I took from David Jeremiah, but that's right. That's when the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. And Trey in church today, what did what what is what is the devil himself going to have to do to in front of Jesus Christ? What's in the end times, what's he going to be forced to do? Kneel and confess. That's right, bow to him and confess that Jesus is Lord. You understand? Ever it said the word says, every tongue. Every knee will bow and tongue will confess. Even those people who didn't don't like it. Even those people who don't want to admit it. Even those people who spend their whole life arguing against Christ. They will have to bow their knee at the end times and call Jesus Lord. They will not have a choice. Understand? So his name is powerful and his work was plentiful. And it was finished, right? It was done. We are through chapter 5. I think that's going to be all we're going to do tomorrow. We're going to go into chapter six. So here's what I want us to really think about. Okay. We're going into a new school year and we're going to meet new people. And whenever, whenever people are like meeting new people, you know, some things that people do is, uh, it's, it's very common to create friendship or, or or just like acceptance to create acceptance through sin, right? You remember we talk about those are like the three things that we're after when we when we turn to sin: love, acceptance, and purpose. So you're gonna have groups of kids that want to be accepted into new groups. And sometimes the sin of making fun of someone else is the means that they use to like, oh, if I if I do this to this something, if I trip this kid as he's walking down the hall then these three people walking with me are going to laugh and they're going to think I'm cool, right? There's nothing cool about that, is there? But you understand that 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 kind of stuff can happen. People can do mean things to other people for no other reason than they want to be accepted. And the people who are with them who are unkind are going to feel like, okay, we can accept this guy now. Right? A couple things we want to take from this. Number one, don't be that person. Do not be the person that gains favor with others because of who you tear down. That's evil, okay? It's not right. It's wrong. Stand up for the powerless. Stand up for those who can't defend themselves. Be strong for the people who need your help, understand? Tell people to stop. Don't do that, right? Be that type of of person. And then secondly, when it happens to you, Because in your life, maybe not this school year, maybe not next school year, but in your life at some point, you're gonna be the object of that hurt that somebody wants to throw out towards you, right? And know this, your identity is hidden in Christ. It is not in what that person's going to do about you and it's not in what that person's going to say about you. You are not the righteousness of God because nobody makes fun of you. You're not the righteousness of God because nobody hurts your feelings. You are the righteousness of God because of the work Jesus Christ did. And nobody can take that from you. It doesn't matter what they say. To that, to that, we can turn our cheek. Good? All right. I know you guys are going to do great. And to you and anybody else that is going to school this year, we just, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our students, over their minds, that nothing... Can no weapon formed by the enemy can attack uh, into their brain, but that they will all wear the helmet of salvation on their head, and that uh, that they will wear the knowledge that God is with them, God is for them. He's going to fight their battles, and that you are in our corner. and uh, And let let there be no wickedness or evil that can come into the schools and do anything, um, any wicked but that the blood of Jesus Christ would be pleaded over their bodies and over their schools and that the patience of Job would be with their teachers. Um, and uh, we, we just thank you for that. And we pray that in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.